0: I'm Visha's wife, and remember, when you name a dog Janet or Timothy, you are dragging humanity down just a little
1: bit. Ron Funches is a very talented actor, writer, and comedian based in Los Angeles, California. Over the past decade, Funches has written for the likes of Kroll Show and The Eric Andre Show. He has voiced characters in the film Trolls and on shows like Bob's Burgers, BoJack Horseman, and Harley Quinn. And he's also appeared in real-life human roles in movies like Get Hard and on TV shows like Undateable and Curb Your Enthusiasm. In 2019, Funchess' second comedy special, Giggle Fit, was released by Comedy Central. And these days, he's been working very hard on his upliftingly affirmative and insightful podcast, getting better. Just ahead of his February 21st appearance at Vancouver's Vogue Theatre during the 2020 JFL Northwest Comedy Festival, Ron and I discussed life in a post Kobe Bryant Los Angeles, his recent chat with Conan O'Brien, his love of wrestling, comedy, and one of the all-time funniest wrestlers, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, what he thinks of Black History or Black Future Month, his own future plans, and much more. A part of the E1 Podcast Network with the support of listeners like you who subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com/slash control, plus in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee in Guelph, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton. This is the 526th episode of Creative Control featuring the hilarious and very nice Ron Funches with your host, me, Vishkana. how's it going good how are you doing I'm well I'm well I feel like we just said hello doesn't it feel like we just said hello
2: it does feel like that. I feel like we had to call and then recall and then start over again.
1: <laughs> well, that's the way sometimes these things work. And by that's these, th- how life is. That's what I was going to say. These th- by these things I meant life. That's just the way <laughs> life is sometimes. Anyway, it's nice to chat with you. I'm a. I don't know if you know this. Why would you really? But uh, I'm a huge fan of yours.
2: Oh well, I mean, I appreciate that. I did not know that, but from the tone of your voice. I was starting to get that, uh, but I would definitely appreciate it.
1: (laughs) Well, I am. I've enjoyed your specials, i am enjoying your podcast, and I want to talk about all sorts of things, but I guess, first of all, where where in the world are you today?
2: Oh, I'm at home. I'm at home in Los Angeles, just running around town doing a bunch of stuff, doing some auditions and working out and um, trying to get everything set before I head out to Pittsburgh for the weekend, and then Vancouver next weekend.
1: Right, you've got some shows. That's great. And and how long have you been in, in Los Angeles? I've
2: been in Los Angeles for six years now.
1: Six years. And and do you enjoy it?
2: Yeah, actually, I love it quite a bit. It's, it, I have a lot of my friends that live in town. Um, my area I really like is the walking distance to a nice movie theater and a mini-golf place that I take my son to. It's very... Uh, Family-friendly for him and his high school, so I'm real into it.
1: Nice, nice. Now, you, uh, in in a recent podcast, shortly after this horrible tragedy, you talked about uh, Kobe Bryant and the loss of Kobe Bryant and what that meant to this city that you live in. Um, What's the mood in the city now? Are you still all—I assume you're still all reeling from this, but is there some— hopeful angle to all of this at this point are you starting to feel better about it
2: yeah i think people are feeling better about it for sure um what is significant to me a thing that i've noticed is just how many tributes that you still see all around the city and not just like you know, where you expect to see them, like near Staples Center or things of that nature, but like at different dry cleaners or, or burger restaurants that he went to a couple of times, or, yeah. uh, you know, just all over the city, there's these different tributes, and it really kind of lets you see the impact that he had, and which is kind of more than I even understood.
1: Well, one of the things that struck me about what you said on your show... Um, was just about how some people were coming out of the woodwork to to say negative things about the guy and that struck me i was talking to a friend yesterday because among the nba players like kobe was a difficult figure even you know like he was mm-hmm. awe-inspiring but people had a problem with him but you said something very poignant and i would you mind sort of reframing what you said about memorializing someone in that circumstance versus you know remembering the negative aspects of what they uh, might have uh, been up to so to speak
2: um, I think my my point in, in a nutshell is that it that at that point, at the point that he passed, that it's no longer about him; that it's about the people who were left behind, yeah. who had nothing to do with, with with those allegations that he was a part of. Those about his about his wife, about his other children who lost a husband, who lost his, a sibling, who lost a daughter, and that. To like bring it up at, so quickly and to jump on it at that point was was kind of classless to them. Yeah, not, not absolutely. Necessarily to Kobe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a very empathetic point of view, and I don't think a lot of some comedians don't share that. Your podcast is called Getting Better. Uh, it's about being better, isn't it? Is that how would you classify what your show is about?
2: Um, it's just about the constant struggle in pursuit of getting better at life. And cause I w- was mostly thinking about how many people think that there's this event where you make it, like you reach a certain point or like you you get on a certain show and you've made it. And, and my limited successes, I had found that n- to not be true at all. And it seemed like so many people I know were constantly in pursuit of the next goal and constantly in pursuit of, of just becoming better people. And that was something that fascinated me and something I like to talk about to people so that we felt more unified and that we're not feeling alone, like we're just struggling alone, that like, no matter how rich someone might look to you or successful how they look to you, that they have the same fears and struggles and anxieties as anyone and that we can all learn from each other.
1: I mean, this the, what you're discussing is a very universal thing. I think people in all walks of life go through these feelings you're coming at it. Are you coming at this from a particularly like comedy centric point of view? Because over the last 10, 15 years, we've been, and maybe longer, actually. If you've studied comedy, you know a lot of it comes from pain. Uh, mm-hmm. People are dealing with stuff. But I think in recent years, we've all been more open about the pain we're going through, the struggle. So I'm curious. Like, you're, are, do you feel like getting better is dealing with that stuff that you're talking about from a comedy? point of view particularly or is it? Is it meant to be universal
2: I don't know if it's comedic <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes it's fun sometimes it's funny um, but I would say if you were looking for a comedic podcasts that uh, there are certain many more I would recommend to you oh,
1: well. um, <laughs> I don't I don't even mean that it's funny as a podcast they're very serious discussions by the way your your episode with Conan was wonderful if I might say
2: Oh, thank you very much. I really wanted to not be starstruck and and talk to him as kind of just a, a a friend and a person, and I, it was really fun. And he he's always just so easy to talk to, so it was nice to kind of instead of him, you know, trying to shine a light on me in an interview that I was able to. Um, you know, shine a light on the things that he does for 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 other comedians and and people in the industry.
1: Well, uh, yeah. Uh, And that's an example of a very, very funny person talking to you, not in a necessarily a funny context. And I think that's what you're saying. Your show, it's it's you're talking to comedians, but it's not necessarily a yuck them up, you know, (laughs) uh, podcast, so to speak. It's you're getting into serious stuff a little bit.
2: Yeah, no, I like to know about what what makes people tick and how they got to where they are and, and what they want to do to get further. That intrigues me more than like, there's a place for jokes, you know, there's, if I want to watch someone stand up or they're special, there's a lot of places for that. But there's not many places, I think, where you actually get to talk to someone and, and, and learn about how they tick. And especially when they're Come from all different walks of life. Like, not only did I talk to some comedians, but I talked to to like showrunners, like Bill Lawrence, and who like who, whose times are like extremely valuable. I talked to people like Stone Cold Steve Austin, who is like at one point the most famous person in the world. Yeah, you know, and then suddenly had to retire, and then it, like that to me is so interesting to know like what is it like to spend your whole life to try to reach the top. Get there, and then have it taken away from you, and then you have to continue to live your life
1: right like, right
2: that that to me is very intriguing and and a lot of lessons that you can learn from that
1: do you think that wrestling i know you're you are are you still the last time I, I i i I don't know why I said the last time I was thinking of giggle fit, but you like talking about wrestling everyone who knows you knows you like wrestling are you still a wrestling fanatic?
2: yeah, oh yeah, I love pro wrestling I'm trying to. I'm just trying to have a little more balance in everything, so I don't really watch as much as I used to. I'm just getting busier as, busier in general, so um, I walk, watch a little bit less, but yeah, I'm definitely still a huge fan.
1: Are you, as a comedian, and I don't mean to pigeonhole you, you're, you're a dynamic person, do you think that wrestling is funny, and do you think that people, maybe if it is, if so, do you think people miss the humor in wrestling sometimes?
2: Yeah, of course. Wrestling is hilarious, and it has a long history of of working with comedy, you know? I have, I mean, I said I watch less, and by that I mean I watch about five to six hours a week. Uh, So that's still a fair (laughs) amount. But I have a lot of action figures in my office, and one of the ones I got recently and is my favorite. Is this two pack of Jerry the King Lawler and Andy Kaufman yes. from their from their feud together? And to me, that's like that's like one of the most beautiful things. Where I'm like, this is the exact representation of what I love. Two of my favorite things that came together and worked together, and and were hilarious and legendary. Yeah, and I think yeah, a lot of and also I think the my main connection between comedy and wrestling that there's there are two things that like either you get it or you don't you know and and for both like there's no time to explain for for the people who don't get it you know
1: well i have years on you and i grew up with the wwf it was before it was entertainment it was a federation and uh i'm I'm not (laughs) saying i'm not saying this to teach you youngin about it but yeah when i think back on it all of the characters are hilarious. Rowdy Rowdy Piper, you know Jimmy the Mouth of the South, like it's just they're, mm-hmm. they're, Bobby the Brain Heenan. They're very funny. Ted DiBiase, do you, were you? Did you watch it? I don't know how many years I have on you exactly, but they used to have like these like videos, remote videos of Mister Perfect being Mister Perfect, and you yeah,
2: know, throwing a football to himself.
1: That's right. You remember this? So that's inherently funny, and I sometimes think the people who are anti wrestling think it's way too i know it's fake they think it's fake and stupid and frivolous but are they i feel like they're missing the joke
2: exactly oh a hundred percent i mean what isn't fake and frivolous
1: (laughs) yeah exactly it's it is it is comedy okay i wondered if you related to it i mean are you do you relate to it on an athletic level at all i mean i mean these guys are in pretty good shape i know that but like is it is it mostly the the entertainment value or is it this is it the athleticism that that you gravitate towards
2: it's all of it it's, to me it's a mix of a lot of things that I can't do to put together I, <laughs> I went to pro wrestling school for a couple of months to try it and that's when it really clicked into me where I was like oh there's so many things that play here because you kind of, you have to be an actor yeah. and act as if you're in within this fight at the same time you're kind of this gymnast that's tumbling around all over the place and then you also have to grapple with people and, and have great cardio like <laughs>
1: It's ridiculous. <laughs> so you, you marvel at it. It is something you might have aspired to until you got the reality check. That's what you're saying. Uh,
2: oh, I got yeah, I got a reality check, and I vomited, and then they made me clean it up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I want to get back to your podcast for a moment. Uh, as we're speaking... You're going to be on the five hundred and twenty sixth episode of my podcast, and I appreciate you being oh. on the show but that's, that's so
2: many episodes that's
1: so many episodes. I want to ask you about your motivation for joining the podcast fray and and why why did you i mean obviously a lot of people are doing it. Can you talk about your motivation for starting this podcast getting better and where you're at with it now because I know sometimes those things change. Can you talk about those things mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, The basic motivation for starting my podcast was that I just wanted a a home for the type of style of comedy and and the things that I wanted to talk about that I didn't really have. Like I felt like I was guesting on a lot of things. I was guesting on other people's shows or doing guest roles on sitcoms and people would like it or people... Would say, "Oh, this was memorable," but I never really had a place for them to go to, kind of like keep up with me. Mm -hmm. And also, at the same time, um, I was getting, I was seeing a shift in my my reaction to people when I was talking on Twitter. Like when I was much less successful, it seemed like there was a lot of people who were. Very supportive of what I was doing, and, and, and like liked when I would talk a lot of trash, which is what I love to do. One of my favorite things to do is talk trash, and so. But it seemed like the more time I was still on TV and things like that, people who didn't know my background and didn't know where I came from were like, oh, like you know, very quick to be like, who are you to talk about this or who are you to say this? And <laughs> um, and I was getting all these Twitter fights, and my my fiance would, would tell me I was wasting a lot of my Precious energy. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Is, she's right. I would say that you know your fiance is right. She's definitely right. Yeah.
2: And so I felt the best thing to do was to put like the things if I wanted to talk about things, topical things, or if I want to talk about what's going on in my life, the best thing to do is to put it in this podcast. And then I kind of just stumbled upon doing these affirmations. Um, because mm-hmm. it's a thing that I would do with my son when I, in the morning and before he goes to bed I would always tell him that he was kind and smart and strong and just that he was a wonderful person and that he needed to go into the world feeling that way and so I started kind of doing that on the podcast and people would send me these emails telling me how much It made their day feel better and and other people tell me how preachy and stupid my podcast was. (laughs) But (laughs) can't please everyone, it's very difficult. Exactly. But I feel like if if the either way they're responding. Right you know, and so, and that's how I always felt same thing in my comedy. it's either for you or it's not, but if you have a reaction to it then then that's all that I want like I don't care, I don't need everyone to love what I do um the people who i i when I started getting, um, emails from people being like I I like your comedy I thought you were a good person but like I listened to your podcast and I like it made me want to look at my life and I started going to therapy
1: and right, I was like right. whoa
2: like that's that's all you want at when you're an entertainer is to <laughs> to change someone you know to affect someone and when if I can affect someone more than them going oh I I laughed I thought that was funny when I affect someone where they go oh I I I started doing these affirmations to my kids, or I started doing these things, you know, and I go like, oh, that's, that's real, real, really what I like to do.
1: That No, that, and the affirmations are wonderful. I mean, I'm a dad too, and I want to, not to dwell on the negative, but I want to go back to what you were saying about people lashing out at you, because as a father, I came to realize that when I was angry at my children, I was kind of, mostly angry at myself because your children are little reflections of you and i think sometimes i get angry at when i'm angry at them i'm kind of angry at the traits they have of mine does that make any sense mm-hmm. do you know what i'm saying
2: no yeah, i mean i will go beyond that and get even more hippier if you don't mind but um i I'm a firm believer that the people that you have in your life are a reflection of you. And if you see... Yes. If you have people in your life that you genuinely dislike, it is because you have these same traits in you. That is And t- so yeah. you... Ha- yeah. And a lot of times when you eliminate those traits in yourself, those people re- are removed from your life. And so you do have to... I mean, not obviously, you don't want that with your children. <laughs> but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would be bad. I agree. It would be bad and illegal, but it is a lot of
2: times. Yeah, you see the frustrations, and and sometimes you start to see maybe the um, pressures or the things that you've put into them. Yeah, you know, yeah. and then you have to take a look at yourself and, and what you've been doing.
1: So when you're dealing with someone lashing out at you on Twitter or a heckler, let's say in the comedic realm don't you feel like their self-loathing is coming out? Don't you feel like they're seeing something about you and your success and they resent it because they don't have the same level of success or they're not making people laugh? Do you have a perspective on that?
2: Um, I mean, I just have empathy in the fact that usually, I mean, either A, a lot of people like me love to talk trash, and so it's just easier to do online when you don't have to talk to someone's face, you know, and mm. see them. Mm. And and then otherwise, yeah, there's a lot of people under a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, and and and, and, and you know, financial straits. And yeah. you, they need outlets sometimes, and that's that. For a lot of people, that's what they're doing for their outlet. You know, they're because I've known several people I grew up with and. People who were big, big internet trolls, you know, and a lot of that was them, um, um, like you said, just putting out their pain on other people. Right. and and, and you go out and talk to them in regular life, and they a they didn't really have great social skills, and b they were just you know nice people who wanted to play chess and, and Counter Strike.
1: Right. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. I I I am trying to. Ha- I guess I think the subtext of my question is I'm trying to have that empathy too. Like I think you're mm-hmm. getting you're getting better. Philosophy is something that resonates with me as I get older because I'm trying to get better all the time, and uh, I think it's happening, but I don't know. I mean, even making that observation, my my impulse as a, a younger person, if someone were to lash out at me, would be to lash out at them. Like you go yeah. back, and now yeah. I'm, I'm stepping back and being like, wait a minute what's your what's the what's wrong you know i'm <laughs> what's wrong what, what's happening what's why are you acting what yeah. are you feeling what's what are you feeling exactly i'm trying to b- oh well, i it mean
2: out. that relates to comedy in so many ways because that that is how i deal with hecklers if uh and the way I've changed my tactics from, from when I was younger and less experienced, because I used to just fault, default directly to just cursing at them and yelling at them. Yeah. And sometimes that would work if the audience was completely on my side, but sometimes they weren't, yeah. and it would really ruin the show. And then it became this thing of like, okay, I'm going to listen. I'm going to do like I do it with my son. I'm going to listen to you. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm going to decipher what do you need right now. Do you need me? Do you need a little attention and you'll be quiet? Or do you need me to spank you? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have become a comedy dad, basically. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, but whatever you need is what I'm going to give you and that we're not going to take it any further than that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Now, uh in terms of your podcast, I mentioned I I'm at your you know you're on the 526th. Do you get obsessed with the podcast? Do you get obsessed with what's coming up next with making it? Do you have that?
2: Um, I get obsessed with, like, you know, I think, I don't know if it's for you, but, like, I kind of get, you get those, like, white whale guests in your head, like, what if I could just talk to this person for an extended period of time, and it means so much to me, and, um... And I and the fact that I do it in my house, and you generally have people come over to my house, and I kind of like the idea of that energy of all these, you know, intelligent, driven people coming to my office where I also do my work, right. you know? Right. And I think that leaves a positive energy behind. Um, so I get obsessed about it in that way. It hasn't – I feel like I would just continue to do it until – it feels like an obligation. If I ever, I mean, and also again, because it is in my house, like if I ever felt like I have to interview someone that I don't want in my house, then I probably will stop. <laughs> um, but but it, so far, you know, no one, no one makes me interview anybody. I just interview people who I want. And, and it's been cool now because some now like little PR forms reach out to me. And are like, yeah, yeah. Could you interview our client? I go it's just my house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing though. That's a, I've had similar things where like they they you put it out there that you're doing a thing and then when you get that resonance when people say no I want to be a part of it that's cuz I question it all the time I suppose cuz it's a lot of work for for me not for a lot of return except mm-hmm. it's emotional and culturally significant to me like it feels like I'm contributing something and yeah, yeah so I, I have the fulfillment on that level and uh, I enjoy it. I'm like, don't get me wrong. I just, I, I appreciate that you say once it starts to feel obligatory, I'm going to stop.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, cause I think I'm in a similar point in the fact that like my podcast, I don't know if you have listened to it, you know, there's no ads yeah. because I don't have any, I have no business since currently to figure out how to monetize <laughs> it other than the Patreon that we do have which, you know, goes to pay my producer and to for us to um do upkeep and main and um, buy new equipment whenever we need to get new equipment. Yeah. And so it is like a labor of love in that sense that like as I said I wanted a place that was my home and it is in a sense my home where I'm just like I'm talking about the things that I want to talk about. Sometimes things that I don't even really talk about on stage. Which then informs me into like, hey, why don't I bring this to stage, you know? Yeah. And and truly be more open, which I've started to do. I started talking about dealing with like eating addictions and still stuff like that, which you know is uh, sometimes a difficult follow at the comedy store. Uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but I think it's valuable because just like the podcast, and I think the reason why people like are like sending their clients out or asking to be honest because the people who do like it really get it and really like it and are getting something from it yeah and they're active listeners they're not just there because you know they 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 want you know and then i've noticed it in my shows like you know there's more and more sometimes you know if whenever i sell merch my podcast shirt is the shirt that people
1: want. You know. Yeah. No. I, I'm I'm ha- I'm happy for you. I'm glad the show is doing well, and I like the show. If that may- means any, anything to you,
2: it does.
1: <laughs> now you mentioned uh, white whale guests. We talked about Conan, who is perhaps the whitest whale. I bet he would say that. <laughs> Do you want to share any of your other white whale guests? I have white whale guests as well, but who who would? You, I mean, let's just let's use this as a Kijiji forum for you. Who would you like to have on the show?
2: Well, I mean, of course, I one of my biggest heroes I uh, talk about several times is The Rock, uh, and not just in a funny way of like, oh, he's handsome or whatever. It's just that I do think he is um, a true testament of hard work and... and dedication and the fact that he worked his way to the top of not one but two industries mm-hmm. you know and that he was smart enough and in, in the industry where where if you reach the top of pro wrestling a lot of people stop there because that's what they think their their ceiling is—that they would think that's the biggest dream in the world to do that. They're all fighting for that, and for him to have the foresight. And I don't know if it's because his dad was also doing it or something. Where he's like, "I'm not going to let my body break down. I'm not going right. to let you know myself be overused, and then turn himself into the biggest celebrity in Hollywood." I think is is tremendous, and and all the stories I hear about him being so giving and um, charitable. Um, are things I'd, I'd like to talk to him about, and there's mm-hmm. people definitely like uh, I just grew up loving, like Carol Burnett or Vicki Lawrence. Um,
1: oh wow, Vicki Lawrence! Did you did you like Mama's Family? That was a big one for me.
2: That's, yeah, no, that's I got the box, I got the series box set <laughs> downstairs.
1: I like that show. I mean, it didn't really make any sense that I would like that show as a kid, but I just enjoy. It was really well written.
2: Yeah, same here. My mom would always like, she's like, you always like this stuff that's older than me.
1: And, <laughs> so uh, a young woman uh, pretending to be an old woman, it made no sense. It was very, <laughs> so that I knew, I knew like there was no, I, even as a young person, I'm like, oh, that's, I know Vicky Lawrence from the other show. Why is she acting like this? <laughs> so that's, that's fascinating. Have you had any luck tracking any of these people down? You might, maybe The Rock will be on your show. Maybe Vicky. I I think. You should really go for it and have The Rock and Vicki Lawrence on together. That would be something. <laughs> what would they talk about? I mean, man, I th- I'm sorry. I don't mean to co-produce I your mean, show. I mean,
2: Vicki Lawrence did an episode where she was a pro wrestler.
1: Oh, so that's right. talk about that. Okay, there you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah that's good. <laughs> now, uh, is, correct me if I'm wrong. Is Giggle Fit the most recent special that you've released into the world?
2: It is. Yeah, it came out about a year ago uh, in January.
1: Yes, and I, in my capacity as a comedy critic, I said it was one of the best records of that year, and I, I really enjoyed it. Are you working on a new special at this point?
2: i'm working on a new hour yeah for sure it doesn't necessarily have a home or a thing that i'm working towards i'm and so like you know when people come see me is is pretty much a a brand new hour from from what i've done on giggle fit but i'm kind of just taking this tact of uh Enjoying is Another thing of my fiance is that she's always <laughs> like, you You just move on. You do one thing and you don't even – you just move on to the next thing. And I also noticed it in just my peer group and comedy in general that there's been kind of like this hamster wheel of like make a special, make another special, make another special for us, but not really seeing much elevation from that except for a couple – you know, for for a rare, rare couple of people. Um, so I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna kind of just carve at it and 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 take the tact of like when I feel it's ready, it's ready. Or if if some of these other avenues I'm taking, what my like I'm doing a game show for Quibi and mm-hmm. I'm acting quite a bit. And if if any of those avenues lead to more want, more desire for people to to work with me on a special, then I, I'm definitely could get something together pretty quickly but (laughs) i'm not like i'm not going to rush it and i'm not going to try to like the process of putting yourself out there for a special especially right now is um pretty daunting and soul crushing sometimes when when you know when you when what you feel your value is is not shared by uh you know some
1: executives yeah you were pretty open about the issues you had getting that special out into the world weren't you
2: yeah! Oh, yeah! <laughs> some would say too open.
1: <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to dwell on it. But as I recall, there was some conflict between you and Netflix. You you were resentful, I guess. Is that? I don't want to put words in your mouth. How is that right? Am I am I to something? Um, at the
2: time, I was definitely resentful. I, I mean, at the time, I think I I mostly I would say I felt disrespected for the um amount of work that I felt that I put in and the um and it was all just I think I took business personally, which is sometimes what you do with art. Yes. You know. But yes. I I've now taken a tact of like like Netflix, Amazon things, like they're no different than like a toaster or a microwave. <laughs> you know, and like why would I get angry at a microwave because it didn't like the type of bread that, that I had, you know? Like, it burnt the bread that I liked. So just it's just, just, like, just,
1: it's... just, to interject, are you microwaving bread? Why are you doing that, Ron? That doesn't sound I good. Guess,
2: no, that's not, and you're right. i mix a metaphors don't, here. Don't, don't. <laughs> microw- <laughs>
1: Don't <laughs> oh, microwave bread. Oh, I hate microwaves so much. And the idea of microwaving a delicious piece of bread, oh, it makes me angry. Please. I never
2: use my microwave. Okay, all right. <laughs> okay.
1: All right, so you're, you're okay. Now, I know we have to get going here, but I would maybe be remiss in not asking you this question. It is technically, as we're speaking, Black History Month or Black Future Month, depending on, you know, your perspective on things. Do you have a perspective on this festive month? Do you have any feelings about it?
2: Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I tons of feelings
1: on That's it. right. That's why I asked, because I don't think it's always the warm feelings that people might be expecting. I mean, people get critical and they, some people get upset about it. Why? There's only one, the shortest, Chris Rock famously said, you know, the shortest, coldest month of the year is Black History Month. Do you, I, do you, am I gathering you have mixed feelings about it?
2: Of course. I mean, I'm always excited for any any time period where, we want to look at the heroes and these people who've done wonderful things, not just. For the black community, but for the community in general, and 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 for all the civilization, and if we can shine a light on that, then I'm all for it. It's just that a lot of times that we, you know, we always kind of pick the same people, yeah. and we choose to change the history of those people as well. Like a lot of my my son's homework right now is a lot of it is related to Black History Month, and it is crazy how <laughs> how generalized it is where it's just like this, this booklet on Martin Luther King and it was like, oh, Martin Luther King wanted black people to be treated equally. Some people disagree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that, is, that is a Wikipedia pamphlet, I guess. That is odd. That is odd. Yeah, okay. I, I hear that. But and on the hopeful front or on the optimistic front about it, do you have feelings?
2: Oh, it's just that, yeah, it's just that I like going back and looking at that history, especially right now. It's you know, it's it's the two thousand, you know, twenty twenty, and it's a yeah. nice time to think about the nineteen twenties and the Roaring Twenties and the Harlem Renaissance, Langston oh, Hughes, yeah, and things right. of that nature. Yeah. And so, um, I like looking at things like that because I, I just think you can learn a lot about that. Uh, and I think a lot of what. I don't hesitate to say media or Hollywood, but a lot of the images that are portrayed of the African American community and a lot of the auditions I get are all these like these black stories are all these stories of coming, pulling yourself out of the gutter and uh, coming out of prison and getting your life together. And it seems like that's all the stories that they think that they that that the african-american life entails and yeah. if we look at anything from like the harlem renaissance like that it's like this is a industrious successful amazing community that comes that is in all forms that does not agree with each other and and in and, and, um comes in in many it's just looking at like black drag queens and, and the house movements and, and things like that in new york and chicago and and those are all black history too and yeah. i think those are things that we should celebrate more
1: Well, I appreciate that, Ron, and I appreciate you. Uh, Before we go, where can people go to learn more about you, so to speak? I mentioned the podcast is called Getting Better, but uh, can you tell us where we can find you on the uh, computers, the phones?
2: Yeah, the best way is probably my Instagram. If you just go to Ron Funch on Instagram, that's that's like just me hanging out, showing pictures of my family and talking. Uh, Very rarely I am allowed on Twitter. Um,
1: (laughs) 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 Who is prohibiting you from being on Twitter?
2: There's a couple people, my fiance and my, my, my assistant and okay. my manager are co-conspirant. Right. Um, and myself, but, you know, sometimes, <laughs> and I mean, and the fact that I have this new game show.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't want to jeopardize things. You're, you're not getting into it. You're not mixing it up on Instagram. You're just posting stuff and leaving it alone. Is that right?
2: Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and occasionally I will do that on Twitter as well. Uh, but, okay. but, the, but the best way to get a hold of me is through my podcast because that's me. Talking about what's going on in my life, and you can reach out to me on our emails and stuff, and we, we we write back. And we our Instagram is pretty active, so like we're pretty chill but inactive and reactive to our fan base, but only through selective means.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's all fair and good. How how is your family? How's your son doing? By the way.
2: Oh, he's doing amazing. He's, you know, he's going to be seventeen in April. Wow! Crazy? Wow! I know. <laughs> Congrats! And That's great. And so we're just dealing with what to do with post college and and figuring that type of stuff out. Okay. And trying to figure out what type of um, you know, what what he wants to do and what he uh, wants to focus on. Um, but also trying to just have a bunch of fun together as
1: well <laughs> that's great that's great okay if we can go out on a bit from Giggle Fit I thought that might be would that be a nice way to go out if we play something from Giggle Fit sure can you pick something what would you want us to go out on
2: mmm
1: Oh, no. must What's be a my... bit that makes sense. I'm trying to think you've talked a lot. I didn't even get to ask you what you're into, because on the last Ooh. special, you talked about RuPaul's Drag Race and the Great British Baking Show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have any recent fixations. We can't get into this now. We're wrapping things up. There must be <laughs> there must be something we can go out on. I don't know.
2: I mean, I love either that rock bit or people really like that conspiracy theory bit. But, what I mean, they don't really tie into what we were talking about.
1: They kind of, well, the conspiracy. the
2: rock one does. The,
1: the rock one does. That's true. We can do that one. I will say I'm still rocking an iPhone 6S and it's not working so good. Your conspiracy bit, I, I share your conspiracy. I think it's true. I think they make the old iOS screw up if you don't upgrade your stuff. And my MacBook is also being weird now. I'm with you on that. I'm just telling you. It's
2: definitely true. It's not, I mean, it's not even a theory. It's a fact. Okay.
1: Well, by uh, the same measure, I think your instinct was the rock bit, and I know he's going to listen to this episode now, and he's going to be on your show, so I think we should really, you know, butter him up. Why don't we play the rock bit?
2: Why not? Okay. Why not?
1: All right. This is is Ron Funches from Giggle Fit. Ron, this was a, a tremendous pleasure. I thank you for your time, and I wish you the best of luck with everything going forward.
2: Thank you. It was a pleasure talking with you
1: let me explain myself
3: (laughs) I don't want to sound prejudiced at all I think all women are beautiful wonderful creatures I think black women especially so and I don't want to add to this thing I don't know if you guys are aware of but there is a history in Hollywood of trying to make black women feel less wanted less attractive less sexually desirable I don't ever want to add to that I don't think that's the case But I want to be true to myself. I grew up in the south side of Chicago, which is a very rough area. I'm not a tough person. <laughs> and a lot of women I was going after, especially a lot of black women, they like the tougher type of black dudes. That's what they saw. You know, that's what the media shows you. You know, there's only like one or two types of black dudes they try to show you. And there's so many different types, you know, they only like to show you a couple, you know, like thug or dead. And that's not cool. There's so many different types of black people. There's so many different types of any type of people. There's just so many different types of black dudes in general. There's like basketball niggas. There's Dragon Ball niggas. (laughs) I'm a proud Dragon Ball nigga. That's just who I am, and sometimes I didn't work with the women I was going after, you know? They wanted more of a tough, strong, dominant black man. So many of them were like that to the point where I, I, I just started pretending like I was that, you know? If they didn't know me, if they didn't know who I was, if they didn't know I was a Care Bear cousin inside. <laughs> but eventually they figure it out, and they be like, look, Ron, I'm sorry. You're, you're a good guy, and that's the problem. I'm looking for a tough, strong, dominant black man to help take care of me. And I'd be like, well, quite frankly, (laughs) so am I. You don't think I want to ride on the rock's shoulders? (laughs) Eating an ice cream cone? Girl, do you even look at my vision board? (laughs) Oh, it's fun to say, but it's more fun to imagine. (laughs) Like the rock's just carrying me on the beach, on the sand. Well, he's not even wobbling because his quads are so strong. And I'm like, are you okay to rock? He's like, oh, I got you, little buddy. And I'm like, he called me little. I'm going to eat more ice cream. That's my favorite person. I mean, sometimes my son is, but not usually. But I always love The Rock. He's amazing. He's done so many great things. The Rock is a surefire WWE Hall of Famer. He's the greatest actor of our generation. like why the fuck are you laughing <laughs> he's hopefully the next president of the United States of America he's Dwayne the Rock Johnson the Beyonce for boys Oh, The Rock is perfect. He can do no wrong in my eyes. The Rock, oh, The Rock could murder my whole family. <laughs> and I would just assume they did something to deserve it. Because The Rock's not doing that willy nilly. Not the Rock I know, not escape from which mountain The Rock. That's an underrated classic. (laughs) If I was out on a date with a lady and we were all cuddled up together, which sometimes happens. And then the rock saw us. And he was like, oh, you guys make a cute couple. But not anymore. Because I want to fuck her. (laughs) I'd be like, well, sir, I'm going to check with her first. Oh, but on this end, there are no issues. I mean, if the rock was hitting on me, if his muscular finger went against the nape of my neck, oh. I mean, I like to think I'm straight, but in this days, and you know, who really knows? Maybe I am a rock bottom, I don't know. Look, all I really know is if The Rock was in on me, I'd just be like, oh, I'm going to have to see where he's going with this. <laughs> but I think I smell what The Rock is cooking. <laughs> smell that dick. That's fun to say. (laughs) Smell the rocks, (laughs) dick. Glad you guys like that. My mom hates that joke. (laughs) Not not the rock dick part of the joke, she actually likes that part of it. She keeps trying to get me to add more to it. She's like, talk about the veins, talk about the veins. My mom doesn't hate the rock dick part of that joke. She hates the dating white ladies part. Uh, <laughs> much like you seem to. Uh...
1: Talk about the veins. I can't see my, my mother saying that. It was really, really fun to have Ron Funches on this the 526th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available on all iOS and Android platforms and also on Spotify, YouTube, Audio Boom, all sorts of things on every podcast platform. If you're looking for a certain specific episode of the show and you can't find it, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my regularly, semi-regularly scheduled newsletter, please visit my website, vishkana.com. Like Creative Control with Vishkana on Facebook and also follow the show on Twitter at Vish Creative or follow me directly at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast going. Again, there's a six dollar or more tier now for exclusive content. Go to patreon.com slash creative control to learn more about all of that stuff. Thank you very much to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, Planet Bean Coffee, and Granddad's Donuts for their in-kind support for this show. It means the world. Thanks, as always, to my good friend, Jim Guthrie. He lets me use some music of his on the show, and for his troubles, the least I could possibly do is ask you to visit jimguthrie.org to learn more about Jim and his work. It's great. I love it all. jimguthrie.org for more information about Jim Guthrie. And finally, thank you, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Ron Funches and checking out previous episodes of the show. If you've never heard of it before, and uh, and you know, asking your friends maybe if you if you know the show, maybe ask your friends to listen to it and subscribe to the podcast. That's always good. And other than that, I have nothing more to say. I will talk to you very very soon. Goodbye for now.